Hi, I'm Ruby. And I'm Rachel. And this is our podcast called A Life Crisis. Today we're interviewing another friend of ours about a really important topic. We're here with Tom Faulkner, who is also from the college friend group of ours. This episode is all about sexuality and sexual identity and how to navigate this quarter life crisis in particular. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back. Season three of Quarter Life Crisis. So we, we might sound a little different in your ears because today we are coming to you from a proper, legit recording studio, which is very exciting. Um, we'll be promoting this episode with a photo of us in the studio, I'm sure. But um, anyway, your demands have been met. Everyone complaining about the sound quality. So we are in a proper studio. <laughs> yeah, so stop complaining, you little bitches, <laughs> because <laughs> we have a whole fancy setup and it feels super weird to be in a proper radio studio thing, but like really cool at the same time. It's very cool. Um, all right, well, we're before you get into our crisis and our win of the week, um, let's introduce Tom, our friend Tom. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Um, did you just want to quickly introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. I'm uh, Tom. I'm from Bendigo. I live in Coburg. Uh, as Ruby said, I'm part of the uh, college loser friend group, which is fun. <laughs> uh, and I... Yeah, uh, I've got a Master's of Teaching and I'm looking to get into... Well, start a job teaching mathematics. So you, if you're a high school in the inner north of Melbourne listening to this, uh, please hit me up. I need a job. <laughs> we are now LinkedIn podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of our 20 listeners is going to be a principal at an inner north public high school. So You never know. So, yeah, stranger things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, so we normally start off our episodes with our crisis and our win of the week. Um, so, Tom, do you want to go first? Your crisis and your win of the week. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, uh, my crisis of the week is that uh, we've <laughs> the rescue greyhound my housemate got uh, punched on with a cat. <laughs> oh, no. Was the cat okay? Uh, yeah, I think... Well, I had to... I don't know why the... You're not allowed to have your cat free-roaming no. in Coburg, but uh, this is a cat that's free-roamed into our backyard like pretty consistently since we moved there in like 2019. Well, that's the cat We've got a name then. for her. Her name's Vanya. That's not a real <laughs> name. That's just what we've called her. But yeah, recently got a new greyhound um, after Spencer left to live with Tanner. Um, oh, that's right. And Spencer never had a problem with the cat, but the Nui... Uh, Spencer a, was another greyhound, yes. Yes, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Important context. Uh, yeah, but the new one, Lisa, had a biff, so we've been dealing with that. Had to drive the cat to the hospital in a slab box wrapped in tea towels, Jesus. which is fun. Whose cat? Do you know who owns it? Or is no it a feral fucking cat? concept. It, she, she was microchipped. And, um, oh, so the vet could. The vet, yeah, uh, the vet gave me an update and, and um, was like, yeah, we got the cat back to the owner. Thanks for bringing it in. But like. Damn. Oh, guess who won the fight, by the way? The cat? Yeah, the cat's fucking smoked. Well, greyhounds aren't aggressive. <laughs> they are very aggressive. Really? They've got, uh, that's how they get them to race. They've got prey drive. Oh, I was imagining it was like an older greyhound. It is. She's yeah. had a couple kids, but um, mm. still still got, yeah, effed off by the cat. But then. Damn. Oh my God. That's pretty hectic for you then. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a weird week. Yeah, sounds like it. What's your win of the week? Oh, win of the week. Uh, graduated with a master's degree. Woo! <laughs> That's very. That's a big win. I know. <laughs> that's a massive achievement. Getting just in under the door to be this week. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. Very exciting. Are you like doing a proper graduation ceremony or anything? Uh, I'll be going to the uni mail graduation. Yeah, yeah. Whenever that is. Oh, you get a cap because you're a master's. Exciting. True, true, true. Yes. Rachel, you want to go next with your crisis and win of the week? Yeah, sure. My I've had a pretty good couple of weeks, so no huge crisis. I have just been feeling a lot of FOMO of everyone in Europe at the moment. Same. Like, very true. Everyone on Instagram, people I know, or people just like influencers, everyone's there. Every man and his dog is in Europe right now. Everyone's so having annoying. a good time, and I'm just like in my same old boring routine. But then I'm also like, do I actually want to go to Europe, or do I just think I want to go because everyone else is there? Yeah. Because I don't really have like a massively strong urge to go sail a boat around Croatia. I personally think I'd hate that. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just been like, ooh, I want to go on a holiday. And I don't have any holidays planned, so I'm a bit miffed about that. Yeah. But my win was I uh, published an article I wrote for Fashion Journal recently 
Um, Ooh, so congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Great I, article. Everyone should read it. Yeah, I mean, I can. Uh, I was gonna say put in the link, but yeah, link who, it in the show anyone notes. who listens to this like knows us or okay, knows well, me anyway. We're still linking it in the show notes. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, like I'm not very a fashionable person, but I'm in fashion journal, so it's a really good article. Everyone should read. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, no, that's super exciting. Is that like your first like proper published article? Oh, I've been in other stuff, but something that's like a fashion magazine, I guess. Yeah. It was very Carrie Bradshaw of me. <laughs> yeah, now you've got a podcast, and she's got a new podcast in her new show, so, you know. Does she? Yeah, oh, of well, of course, course she does. <laughs> it's, like, about modern life, and everyone has a podcast. I see. Sick. Is it a print magazine? No, it's online. Sick, sick, yeah. sick. I don't think, what even is print magazines anymore? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> they're all dead in the water. I think it's the sun. Like, Frankie still prints, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I don't think I've seen a print magazine in a long time. Yeah, been a while, but no, it's very exciting. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Both great wins of the week, you guys. Oh, my God. What about you, Ruby? Succeeding. Um, well, my crisis of the week, um, I, I've just had a shit house week and just honestly like a shit house time recently. Um, I just feel like I've been sick with something different like every single week. Um, and I also just have been really unmotivated to work. So, like, when I recover from my sicknesses, then, like, I still have so much work to do because I have to catch up because obviously I don't get, like, paid sick leave or anything working for myself. Um, so I've just been sick a lot, which is, like, I feel like I've just been sick all the time. It really gets you down. My motivation level has been low with work. Um, I've just had a particularly bad week this week, just really stressed with work, had a terrible migraine. So that's just me whinging about my life. But just, just not really, like, feeling myself right now, to be honest. So I'm hoping to get out of this rut. Um moving house in two weekends. So I'm hoping that, like, a fresh environment will hopefully help. I feel like that kind of does the job. Um, so, yeah, my win of the week, um, I feel like it's not exactly, like, a specific achievement like your guys' as well, because yours were really good. But mine was just, like, I started, uh, speaking, I guess, of your crisis, Rachel, everyone in Europe, I started planning my overseas trip slash move, because I'm moving overseas next year. Um, but I feel like because everyone on Instagram is posting that they're in Europe, I was like, I don't even care that it's, like, eight months till I'm doing it, I'm going to start planning. And I, like, make the whole itinerary, we're going here and then here and then here for this many days each. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, obviously, it, like, probably won't turn out like that, but I was like, I feel like that'll help hold off the FOMO that I know, like, I'm doing that next year. So I'm just really forward planning. Like, I'm not booking things or anything, like, crazy like that. But um, but I'm just really excited to, like, travel, like, do a big travel again because I haven't done, like, a big long backpacking trip since my gap year um, and then also just like move overseas so nice so I went in the week do you um, usually plan out holidays no long form like that yeah. no 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 I guess because this is like it's gonna be like three months worth of travel oh shit yeah true yeah and then it was like moving overseas so it's way too in advance yeah, I think yeah, just yeah. because I've got the FOMO of everyone on Instagram on holiday I was like if I start planning that'll make me feel better <laughs> so Definitely. it's way too far in advance. I never <laughs> normally do this. I mean, with my gap, we were like planning a year in advance because that like got us through like year 12. So, yeah. Anyway. Very nice. Yeah. So let's get into our very special interview with our very special guest. Let's call you, call you Tom because you're not Tom in my mind. You're Faulkner. Yeah, Faulkner's fine. I know. Yeah. Just for people who like, because we do have a few listeners who you wouldn't know. Sick. Um, and because my boyfriend's Tom, I'm like, that's Tom. We just have You're a lot Tom of too. Toms in our lives, so everyone has nicknames. I, I feel know. Like. You're briefly finisher. Finisher kind of dropped off. <laughs> Thank fuck. That's <laughs> <laughs> where on this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we take the explicit content box every fucking week just in case. Imagine if you were allowed to swear. Oh my God. I, God. I didn't. When I was listening to episodes, it only occurred to me, like, after I finished listening to some of the backlog to be like, oh, did they swear on this? Yeah, anyway. I think we swear. All right, so our first question for you, Faulkner, is what is your current called life crisis? All right, so this was actually the uh, topic of my, the equivalent of a master's thesis for the teaching degree, uh, which was what was my role as a queer person in my workplace, in my case, a school, high school, uh, especially amongst the current uh, <clears throat> amongst the current Overton window shift towards reactionary politics with regards to queer issues. That's very academic. <laughs> yeah, well. But also, anyway, like, yeah, very... I, so that's what you did your I just did write it. on. I just did write 6,000 words on it, so... <laughs> so are you going to ingrained in your memory? Are you going to exactly. read out your thesis today? <laughs> no, I'm going to... And then we just cut the episode. Audio book. <laughs> I'm going to uh, say all the fun shit that didn't make it into the essay because it was TMI. <laughs> oh, we love TMI. <laughs> yes, okay, I love this. Okay, awesome. Um, Any, uh, can I ask a question? Yes. Can please, I, please ask clarifying questions. <laughs> oh, I kind of get what you mean by 
overreactionary or reactionary political culture, but can we yeah. have that in like expand like I'm five? Yeah, yeah. so um, I said Overton window. Uh, yeah, like is what the, the fuck? <laughs> the, like if you imagine like a a, a a spectrum, like the bracket that exists of what is an acceptable political opinion to hold. So like being a liberal is in the Overton window. To the right, being a neo-Nazi is out of the Overton window. To the left, um, being like a Marxist is out of the Overton window because it's like not acceptable within mainstream politics to hold those opinions. Where yeah. at, So what's happening right now is that the right-leaning side of things is creeping, uh, especially with regards to queer issues, further to the right and mm. making more... Um, more reactionary, meaning... Um, it's like the more extreme stuff. Yeah, more extreme, extreme stuff, uh, bringing that into the mainstream mm. discussion. So so, so I guess what you're saying is um, like how, how like that affects you in the workplace, like yeah. in terms of that. Yeah. So, Mine's pretty school-specific, so... No, that's fair. <laughs> no, that's, that's your workplace. We talk that. about our very niche workplaces all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. So. So, so are you saying that you have experienced that in your workplace? Well, the the issue... One of the major um, aspects of, like, the discourse that's being pushed is, um, and this is more in the US uh, than anywhere else, but that via the internet creeps everywhere else, um, but, the like, the prospect or, like, the myth of uh, gay and queer teachers uh, grooming... Oh, People have right. been saying groomer a lot recently, mm. and that's, yeah, in referencing to... Yeah, queer adults creating more queer kids by exposing them to objectionable content, and the objectionable co- ooh, the objectionable content is of course just completely innocuous, um, slightly queer positive stuff for six year olds or whatever. Right. So in in that, there's been a lot of. Um, like queer teachers with social media presences getting like dogpiled and doxxed and like featured on Fox News and shit. Oh, that's fine. And a, a fair, like a, a little bit of that is creeping, well, based on, you know, online spaces that I hang out, it's creeping into sort of the Australian context as well. Mm. So I'm just worried about that with specifics to my personal context. But yeah. in general, it is increasingly getting more grim to be queer in Australia. Yeah. So I guess, so what you're saying, like your quarter life crisis is obviously also like a big societal issue as well. But like where I fit into that. 100%. And like what yeah, yeah. I, well, like what should my response be? Yeah. Yeah. So fair. So I guess like let's, let's take it back to like a, yeah, a you level. I guess, um, when did you first realize you weren't straight? Um, like year nine or 10, sort of developed a crush on a male friend of mine and was like, oh, what's this? Uh, and then eventually came out to him and sort of, like, developed a little, uh, I don't know, just, like, a little click of queer kids yeah. to talk about stuff with, which was really helpful in my weird Catholic school in Bendigo, which has surprisingly small-town vibes. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, came out to him as bisexual then. And, yeah. What about your family? When did you come out to them? Uh, after I was dating, um, so on, sc- so I was out to like three people um, in mid high school, and then on schoolies, I came out to like the fifteen dudes that I was sleeping in a fucking room with. Yeah, on but hey, I'll let you know this. <laughs> <laughs> on like the first night of schoolies, and then one of those dudes uh, was Tanner and came out back to me. Uh, and then we hooked up, and then we started dating and stuff. So, like, I don't know, like five months. Oh, well, like four months into dating Tanner, I came out to my parents. They didn't suspect anything? No, nah, they were fucking... <laughs> yeah, did not have as good of a reaction as I would have liked. History? Oh, oh right, yeah. Uh, it was a bit grim, but, yeah, yeah it's, all co- it's all normal now. Yeah. I, feel, I guess we sort of touched on that, but, like, how did your, like, sort of discovery of sexuality, like, affect you growing up? Yeah. Positive was... and negative? Yeah. Um, oh, it was good to have, like, a. it got me into politics, which was good. Mm-hmm. I've got, like, good political opinions now because yeah. of 
like wanting to find queer content online and that having like a leftist bend to it, of course. So no longer like on like the fucking most dipshit uh, Reddit 16-year-old parts (laughs) of the internet and sort of got to explore, uh, yeah, a whole range of new ideas by like wanting to know more about this part of myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was already kind of on, like, the outer rim socially in high school. So, if anything, it was just, like, isolating to have a, like, a very marked point of difference. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That, like, yeah, people didn't know. But, like, you know, it was, again, Catholic school. So, it was like a, yeah, you just felt isolated and sort of, all right, distrustful. So that's sort of where you've come from, but bringing it back to court life and our 20s and all that, how has your sexual identity and sexuality sort of changed or, like, how has it formed your life in your 20s? Well, it's uh, changed a fair amount. So I came to uh, college bisexual with a boyfriend uh, and then we broke up and... I, yeah, gained more experiences and, like, grew up a bit. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm gay. And then was operating under that for a bit. And then, yeah, uh, grew up a bit more and worked out I was asexual, which is fun and interesting. (laughs) When did you realise that? I don't fucking remember. (laughs) (laughs) At at some point I was, um, yeah, I think maybe by... Middle or second year or something, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, fully. No, I'm not sure when I like locked it down as in, like that. This is what's right for me, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, just. Um, I guess can you explain? Like, I think I do understand what like being asexual is, but obviously, like sexuality is so different for everyone. Like, so for you, what does that mean? I'll, I go by the standard definition. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, lack of sexual attraction to anyone. Yeah. Basically, but you still would like be open to a romantic relationship with someone. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So the feeling uh, bisexual, <clears throat> feeling bisexual initially was actually a pretty good fit because I did have a equal level of sexual attraction to everyone of all genders. Yeah, i.e., none. <laughs> so fun stuff. Fair. Turns yeah, turns out crushes and stuff can be romantic and not sexual. Yeah. So yeah, worked out. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like a weird. It's difficult to identify an absence. Yeah, you know, yeah. in general. So there's a yeah a long period of walk to get there, but I'm glad I am now. Yeah, I was about to say like, does it do you, does it feel I think do you feel a lot better now that you've like figured that out? Not better. Like I don't know how to word it properly. No, but better's fine. Definitely, yeah. it's um yeah, it's it's uh it's authenticity. Yeah, you know, I'm not um. Yeah, I'm not pretending to be something I'm not or using a, a label that isn't applicable just to for convenience or something. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, being steadfast in myself, which is uh good. Yeah. And something I'm not very good at. So I'm yeah. happy to do it with this thing. And I guess it's like your like this like journey through like discovering your identity, have like you like kept your family up on this or they just are still like still under the impression that you're bisexual? I they think they uh yeah, I'm not sure I've... No, I don't think I've come out to them as asexual. I feel like that's a bridge too far. <laughs> I'm just sure. I'm just gay and not having any sex. <laughs> I'm just gay and a massive loser to I them. mean, I don't think anyone needs to be talking about their sex lives with their parents anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, or, or not, opinion, date, but... not dating. So maybe they think I'm a mad rooter. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck boy. <laughs> exactly. Just on, just on the apps. Fucking yeah. reaming dudes. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what they reckon, but uh, that's uh, we can't. I hope well, we've got that. them on the other line. Yeah, I was going to see if my mum would listen to this. Sucked in, never happening now. We could cut this out. Welcome to Canada, no, and I would share this with my parents. No, I don't, I don't care. Leave, leave it in. That's fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I got. Anyway, what, that's you know, that's something that I got to get around to doing. Just my own, um, you know. Feelings of awkwardness around yeah, my, their initial reaction, I guess. Yeah. And well, I feel like because, like, you... Obviously, like, when, when I found out, you were just like, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm asexual. 
and it was like, oh, like we're like at a party or something. Yeah. So I feel like with your friends, you were just like, that's what you were doing. But I don't know, with your family, do you feel like more pressure to do like in a, like a more formal way? Or well, they don't fucking know what it means. No oh, fair. <laughs> well, so that's a whole other conversation to have, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess. Can you also t- talk to us a bit about what it's like being queer in the workplace as a twenty-five-year-old? Uh, obviously, as, as someone who's entering the workplace, but you've obviously done a w- lot of um, work. Oh, what do you call it? Um, like work experience. Work experience. Yeah, like it, yeah. I've done placements Placement, yeah. and I got a part-time job at a school and stuff as yeah. a tutor. So, uh, yeah, pretty normal. <laughs> I don't know. I um, I'm I'm not out to I'm out to like two teachers. Yeah. At my current job because it's a Catholic school. Yeah. And I was like. A bit worried about that. This is where the this is where the core life crisis stuff comes in. Okay, yeah. Tell us all, tell us all <laughs> yeah, about no, it. Yeah, no, it's all it's all weaved throughout. Yeah, <laughs> but um, break it down. Yeah, it was, uh, it was part of again part of the six thousand word essay. Part of mm-hmm. what I want to talk about today is the um, yeah, just like the genuine apprehension at um, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it feels like it's a point of vulnerability, right? Mm. And a point that I can be attacked on that is, you know, as like a cis white dude, mm. not used to that shit. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, it's, um, but so like they can't like legally do anything about it, but also like, you know, it's, it's a social, I would, you know, it's all like a five million meter hole deep set of anxieties and yeah. Stresses. I mean, people could still treat you badly in the workplace but yeah. if they know about yeah, it. Yeah, they, they're not overtly well, yeah, not. homophobic. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. I guess. Exactly. Mm. Is it so when you're applying, wait, sorry, when you're applying for the job at the Catholic school, was it like a question at all? I'm not like, legally allowed to ask. Oh, okay. Right, I, right, right. Oh my God. When I was applying for jobs, I had a bunch of job applications say, do I identify as queer or LGBT? Yeah, that's for diversity. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for filling diversity quotas and shit. Yeah. But like, yeah. Technically, they're not legally allowed to ask that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. T- do you want to talk more about that? Like, are, are you obviously you're looking for full time work now? Are you purposely trying to stay away from like Catholic schools and stuff for that reason, or you just wish that that wasn't like a point of contention when you're I, trying to find a job? <laughs> I wish. I, I kind of wish I was more normal about it, to be honest. Yeah. Because there is a. You know, there's a fair amount of internalized shame and stuff, mm. which is very Catholic. Um, nice. With, regard, <laughs> with regards to that. Wait, sorry, is your family Catholic? Yeah, fully. And very. you grew up fish you grew on up Friday. Catholic? Very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can tell. The, <laughs> the um, but yeah, it's um, because like it, like there's like a even within like the fucking maths department at the Catholic school I'm actively at, there are, like, several queer teachers I know of. Yeah. And we've, you know, talked about it and stuff. And it is mad normal. But, like, yeah, just, I don't know, my level of apprehensiveness. Yeah. So, yeah, I am kind of avoiding Catholic schools. Yeah. So be, the... like, less of a complex about it. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like you've got, like, 20 years to catch up on almost of, like... And the whole upbringing where you were told this wasn't okay compared to someone who had an upbringing where they were told this was okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not pressed. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, don't, don't yeah, put pressure on yourself to be this, like, you know, everyone, I'm so stable. I don't yeah. Know. Nah, it's something for me to chat to my shrink about, I guess. <laughs> you could just get really drunk and tell them. Because nah. I'm pretty sure I was really drunk last week. I don't know what I said to my manager. I definitely told him I was on Lexapro. Sick. And a bunch of other stuff. So that's one way to tell people about <laughs> yeah, stuff you struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine saying it on the podcast, but like at work, should I really be like, <laughs> this I feel like it's Lexapro a, gang rise up? Yeah, it's, a, it's a similar beat. It's like something yeah. that's yeah societally shameful. Yeah. And it does like affect your work in a weird way like i yeah. don't know yeah especially it's, especially with kids like the the fact that i work with uh, adolescents and stuff yeah is like the major point of contention i guess yes. is the other other people. queer teachers at the school are they out to like all the rest of the staff uh i'm not sure oh fair um i don't i wouldn't think so yeah. like but yeah um or like they'll, they'll like mention it to like the year to like the year 11s or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's like, yeah, I actually, I don't actually think it's that good a big of a deal at this like specific school and environment, yeah. but like, 
yeah, just in general, it's uh, easy to be anxious about it. Yeah, so fair. So do you feel like it's possibly riskier now than it was, say, five, ten years ago? Decidedly. There'd be, um, there'd be infinitely more um, parent complaints and stuff than there was ten years ago, so... Why yeah. do you think that is? Well, because the... parents are on fucking Facebook and <sighs> getting pilled to the fucking gills mm, yeah. on, like, conspiracy content about... Um, yeah, about trans people and drag queens and gay teachers mm. and all of this stuff, and uh, how much they're going to fuck their poor, you know, their perfect little angel up, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Fucking yeah, j- yeah, and it's like it's not even like that's not even Overton Windows stuff. That's not like so like what's acceptable socially. It's just what's out there, yeah, and like to what extent average people are getting their social media feeds filled with you know toxic waste. And do you think that'll that's only going to get worse, or do you think at some point it'll like turn around and get? Yeah, better? it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I think um, I read the read the other day that their coalition's bringing it back as part of their platform. Like they're going to try and they're doing some more anti queer stuff oh. as part of their like new campaign strategy going forward. Well, that's really going to work. That's well. crazy. But well, they're dropping fu- yeah, it like, didn't fucking work numbers. last time either. They literally like done all the stats are saying like all these like young people are not going to vote for the libs. This is really going to help, isn't it? Exactly. Fucking anyway, uh, yeah, even uh, just like the whole sort of what is it like rich white people are not into that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they lost to the they lost <laughs> like to the, the liberals as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like the liberal voters, like in Turak or whatever, are not into anti-gay propaganda. Ah, uh, you'd be surprised. So I'm sure some, some of the them most are. Homopho- uh, I'd say most of them, most homophobic people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Fucking ragneck Charles, who fucking votes for the Nats, is going to be infinitely more accepting than some of those folks mm. from what I've seen and heard. Yeah. Fucked. Anyway, money makes you insane. Uh, next question. <laughs> 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 for, for, thank you for that. <laughs> Well, I I'm feel very like, sorry. I hope we're not out. jumping around too much. Because no. the next one we had was, do you think it's common for people to realise they're not straight in their 20s? Like you realised in when you're a teenager, but yes. what about like other people? I would say that it is incredibly common. Mm. And um, yeah, I feel like it's yeah super, super, duper common to like, again, just like building more life experience and realising <clears throat> what aspects of yourself uh, do and don't fit your like current self-conception. So, yeah, because society is built for cisgender, heterosexual people mm-hmm. and um, you're blasted with, like, that concept from, like, day one on the planet, you know? Mm. So anything deviating from that internally is um, uh, is going to, like, you're going to push back on yourself, you know? It's called, there's a term for it, it's called uh, compulsory heterosexuality or mm. compat. Mm. It was developed for lesbians, but it is pretty broadly apic- applicable. The, um, yeah, the, the feeling of, um, yeah, that you, like, need to have some connection to straightness to function in society and then breaking that down as part of your... Uh, journey towards embracing your queer identity. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck loads of people have, like, super similar stories to mine where they're, like, bouncing through varying identities um, with varying degrees of relationship to um, heterosexuality before they stump, before they finally come to what's actually right for them. Yeah. Just because of, like, societal push and pulls and, mm. like, internalised homophobia and stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to unpack it, so it takes fucking ages. So yeah, yeah. definitely would. I'm I'm surprised at how few straight people are in our friendship group. I'm looking forward to some surprises. It's a matter the, of time. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to some surprises in the next few years. So yeah, that that but yeah, that's yeah incredibly common. So yeah, like, and uh, th- there's also a feeling of having missed the boat, um, mm. kind of when you are like coming into yourself in that respect mm. later in life and having missed out on having a 
you know, a queer teenage years or an authentic childhood and stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a whole there's a whole complex about it. But um, yeah, never too late to start. Oh, if you're listening to this. I thought you meant missing out on like a slut phase or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Having like a queer slut phase as like a you know, you know, twenty year old twink bottom, and now you're <laughs> like thirty and balding, and you're like, well, I can't be a twink bottom anymore. <laughs> oh my god! I gotta be like a fucking weird old man on Grinder. <laughs> Cut this bit out. <laughs> no, gay male dating is a whole nother sick thing. Fucking oh. rancid. I love it. It's so funny. It's Yeah, gay dating is so different to straight dating and like lesbians is like everyone's best friends and they don't have animosity for being exes. Ooh. Yeah? Oh. <laughs> that, definitely gay people across the board because like the pool's smaller. Yeah. Um, you don't, you can't really afford to just be like, you know, this person slighted me in our relationship or it didn't work out in our relationship so Fuck you. I'm never seeing your fucking bitch face again. Like, you don't have that... You don't have that option. It's surely like, more mature. I feel like, like sort of, the, some of the straight dating cultures can be so immature. Yeah, definitely. Andrew yeah. Tate, reference <laughs> yeah. again. Anyway. I mean, Cause, yeah, cause you, I'm, you lived with your ex. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving back in with him. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm moving in with um, uh, Tanner and Hannah and Spencer the dog, like, next, next month. Damn. So you're moving in with your ex and their new partner. See, that is mature. <laughs> yeah. My ex, his girlfriend, their dog. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Love it. Well, we've, next question was, what does asexuality mean to you? I feel like we've already talked about that. We did that one, yeah. And I want to do the next one anyway, because just genuinely, I want to know. Um, have you been in a relationship or like a situationship with someone who wasn't out or they weren't like comfortable with their sexuality? And how did that kind of work? I've only ever been in one relationship, and it was. That's with, why I put situationship in. I just wanted the tea. Nah. <sighs> with I've only been with Tanner for like a year and a half, <laughs> straight yeah. out of straight out of high school, and you know we both we came out literally a day after each other to our friendship groups, and then yeah, just sort of stumbled together through working out what we were doing and like moving to Melbourne and all of that stuff, like mm-hmm. as a team. So. Yeah, no, and anything that, you know, Tanner wasn't comfortable with, I was as uncomfortable or more. So I actually have no experience of this. Oh. You'd have to you'd have to talk to someone who actually fucking has relationships or sex. That's the the actual issue is I got I got no tea, no bitches, I got nothing, man. You <laughs> no. can, I can't say ma- that. Ma- Cut ma- that made out. <laughs> No bitches. Oh, my God. No, I was going to... Because we did ask this to Andy, so I hope you're comfortable with it. Like, are you dating now? And sort of, like, are you... Fuck no. On that? No? No interest? No. Not really. What if you, like, met someone really cool at a bar or something? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Like, <laughs> so you're not opposed know. to it? I'm not... Yeah, I'm not, like... The issue is I'm not app-friendly. What? Know? Why? It's, like, my whole thing on this podcast is I'm very pro online dating. Yeah. No. I'm not photogenic. I look like a straight dude. <laughs> I got like a weird head. I look. I look like. I look like I'd be unpleasant to talk to. Oh my god! What? Give no. us more credit. Oh my god! You need to this, hire this me. This is feedback I've received. Who the fuck said that to you? Uh, that's dudes on dating apps. Rachel has a well, business. They are obviously red flags, and that's why yeah. they suck. Yeah, of course. Rachel no. has a business where she optimizes people's dating profiles for them. So well, this is there's another client for you, Rachel. <laughs> it's not really rips. a business. It's more me being drunk and accosting people. We mentioned this business like five times on this podcast. Now. I also mm-hmm. mentioned it at my work drinks last week. I wasn't true. even that drunk. I was just like, I'm going to make your Tinder. That's yeah. um, awesome. I thought you would be because you're very good like at texts. Like I feel like your jokes in our group usually get the best reception compared to some other people. Thank you very much. That means a lot. <laughs> I try really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> no, that's staying in. Fuck you. That's fair enough. Oh, because that's why I liked online dating because I think I it's a lot easier for me to be funny on like, I don't know, like phones and it's like kind of growing up on the internet and stuff like yeah no i agree yeah i just don't get any fucking matches oh well if you're listening <laughs> well we think yeah. you're well, great so. especially like i don't want to have sex is like such an absurd fucking um ask for so many people you know yeah like it's such a um 
Yeah, as small as the gay dating pool is. The fucking ace dating pool is tiny. True. And, like, for a... Like, I I would have sex with a partner who wanted it. Yeah. But it wouldn't be... It would be for them, not for you. It would be... Yeah, it'd be different. Yeah. It is is different having sex while asexual. And it's, it's... it's different in weird ways that um, allosexual, which is the opposite of asexual, people... What does that mean? Like, allosexual. It's just the... Latin, they only want sex? It's the Latin prefix that means not asex, not a. Oh, so like I'm allosexual. Yes. Oh, I see. Because yes. you're not asexual. I see. No. I thought that was like a whole different... Like no. they wanted sex too much. <laughs> no, that would be hypersexual. Right. <sighs> Do you have in your, like, I know you don't use the dating apps, but in your bio, do you have the asexual? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that, uh, yeah, it's it's weird and different and, um, yeah, like, uh, and, like, dis- genuinely distressing yeah. to allosexual people. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is, like, interesting to navigate, but also mm. hard to navigate. And also, I don't have a particularly strong drive to get off my fucking ass and try and navigate that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Because I'm not like, damn, I'm horny. And, like, I need to get some fucking butthole. Leave that in. (laughs) Cut that out. Anyway. um, All right, so you're not dating. No. You're – so what do you (laughs) – I'm fucking (laughs) – What do you do with your time? No, I'm trying to, Play like... Play video games. So, you're not dating, but something we do know that you're doing and is a big part of your life is activism. So, how has activism been a part of your 20s and your quarter life crisis and so on? Yeah, I'd say my um, my journey with that has been pretty interesting. Um, just, yeah, in my uh, late teens, early 20s, wasting a fair amount of my time that I wasn't spending not having sex. Um... <laughs> Being like a massive keyboard warrior and like just getting sweet, sweet dunks on like dead shit conservatives. Yeah. It's so easy, man. Satisfying? It's so satisfying. <laughs> on, wait, on Reddit or? Just whatever, man. Anywhere, Reddit, yeah. Facebook, Twitter. I love them. Beautiful. Just getting sweet, sweet dunks. Uh, feels good, does nothing. So I've uh, gotten off of that because it was, yeah, it's just fucking a complete waste of time. Mm. But the yeah the recent events that we've been discussing sort of have put a lit a fire under my ass with in regards to that to um, actually get out there and engage in mm. some action. So there was what a, is yeah what is being done? There was a, well because there've been um, I assume you've seen I I'm sure you guys saw when those um, like the neo Nazis hitting the Sieg on the steps of Parliament yeah. to. Um, coincide with um, Posey Parker's uh, speech there. Yeah. So I feel like I've seen a bunch of like weird, like hijacking of like yes. events. Like there was one in Mini Pond. No, it wasn't hijacked. That Posey Parker's a turf. Oh, I didn't. Who, uh, I thought who it... actively aligns with neo Nazis. She's like oh. unpopular among other turfs because she spends too much time hanging out with neo Nazis. <laughs> and they don't want to deal with the fact that they're neo Nazi adjacent. Yeah. Well, they are also neo Nazis, but. They don't say it, right? Oh, uh, uh, well, well, that's my uh, that's my opinion, TM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. Oh. No, because I remember there was that, like, event in Mooney Ponds. Yeah, and It was, like, so drag was the, in the park. So that was the first one. That, was that the first one? That was so that, new, that I was, was living the, around there. That's that I mean. was the first one that happened. They came with, like, big calico banners to mm. And it was a family event. It was, yeah. a, fa- well, it was a family hot. event that had a, cu- that had a couple of drag performers at it, and they came with, like, banners and shit. It was pretty bad. Mm. And yeah. then in... And then, like, that got on my radar. So now any time something like that's been happening, I've been going out to counter-protest and, um, like, yeah, like, protect the community Mm. by being there in numbers to, like, demonstrate against these people. Yeah. So, like, there was one in St Kilda that me and Ledbetter went to. Um, That was, again, neo-Nazis at a drag event for kids. So that was like December 2020. And then there was the Posey Parker one. And then there was another one at Parliament for refugees and stuff mm-hmm. where it was just, yeah, fucking neo-Nazis back at it again. And then a bunch of people turned up and 
start biffs and stuff. Mm. Friggin' sweet, man. <laughs> like, get into fights. Yeah, go into punch-ons with these tools. Oh, but aren't the police there? Yeah. Police well, go into punch-ons with them as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And yeah. punch-ons with, uh, you know, outside the good side as well, as usual. Yeah. Because, you know, A-cub. Yeah. Anyway. Damn. So, yeah, so um, would you say, like, you wanting to get more involved in activism, like, in this space? It's like Yeah, I, could, I'm, I just don't... Yeah, I don't want to get into, like, organising or anything. Yeah. But I'm, you know, more than happy to be feet on the ground and be a presence yeah. to, um, yeah, to, like, help and protect and stuff. Yeah. And are you also wanting to, like, I guess once, um, like, you're in the workforce full-time, are you wanting to do activism within the workforce around this stuff? Yeah, so that was kind of what I was going to branch into after this question. Yeah, and go ahead, like, go That now. was the kind of the, ended up being, like, the conclusion of my... Uh, 6,000-word mm. thesis paper was that, um, yeah, the, the like, I'm, like, at these counter-rallies, um, you know, being proud and, like, doing work, but what, you know, there are, from experience, you know, there are, the queer kids in schools are really struggling with, you know, acceptance and accepting themselves and stuff and what am I doing and what can I do in that setting to help out but so like yeah with the if you just remember the marriage equality survey and stuff yeah like the what a stupid idea fa- first of all fuck mm. and we're doing it again baby I know we're back what? at it again with the voice referendum are they doing another one that's a referendum yeah the voice. it's a referendum has it started sorry I don't no know. well like the campaign has started <laughs> Like, oh, so there's not like a letter in my mailbox no, right no, now. No, no, no. No, you'll it's... have to go in in person, I think. Oh, are they doing? Are they not doing a? Mail it's a referendum. Mail? Yeah, but so was. But the marriage no, quality a, thing it was, was like a mail survey. Really, non-binding mail survey. The Turnbull that government they spent backed out millions of dollars on. And oh, of course, just yeah. It was yeah, like, not... do you think gay people should get married? Yes or no? Do you think gay people <laughs> should have rights? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the issue, right? Is that you know that it, that's. Daft and obvious, but also there's a no campaign. And yeah. having that in the... As well as the Overton window stuff, right? So, like, having that um, widespread debate brings the... It makes no acceptable. Well, it makes... Yeah, it makes, an, like, all of the deranged and dehumanising talking points of the no side, yeah, per- like, perfectly reasonable to be included yeah. within the, um, you know... You know, I was just having the conversation or whatever... So, like, yeah, I remember, like, at college, but, like, the this was, like, part of my, part, like, I included this in the fucking essay, but, like, d- at lunch didn't come, because I remember it so fucking well, at lunch didn't coming up and telling us who was voting no and what they were saying about it mm. and, like, the specific, like, yeah, like, very grim talking points that they were discussing was, like just felt horrendous mm. you know it like it's i the the best line in the essay is i felt disgusting as i felt their disgust mm. you know Very. like that's the you know, look i'm a maths major all right writing's not my strong no it was suit, good I'm, saying... I'm allowed a little cheese as a train. no no it's... no 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 i i actually do that's a good it's like um something yeah that made me feel it yeah and so that was a good line i'm not mocking you sick 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 <laughs> It's a it's a caustic environment to mm. be in the mix of, and like that's the you know that's what's happening in our schools and in our workplaces, and that's the just the backdrop to any like random you know sideways microaggression that could occur. You know, mm. like it's all sitting there in the back of your head constantly. Mm. So, um, yeah. So in response to that. I advocated, like, the importance of uh, capital Q, capital C, queer community, right? So queerness being a reclaimed slur, um, meaning, and in, like, in recognition that we cannot assimilate into cisgender heteronormativity, right? Mm. And that we need to establish something new and different by using such, like, a harsh term to describe ourselves is the, that's the intention anyway. And then the community, not just being like, 
part of the cool kids club or whatever, but like actively in solidarity with every other member of the community and an advocate for them. Mm. And that's what I ended up on is that there is a dire need in schools and I guess generally in other workplaces to be an advocate for yourself and for anyone else who might be queer and there if you can, you know, because like, yeah, it's not going to get better sitting on your ass mm. and your hand and like with your head in the sand or a third metaphor. Um, so, you know, like the, the, the like the, the, the incredible drive to advocacy is sort of like what I landed on and I'm doing so far have done a shit job implementing it but like that's what i want to like that's the dream mm. well you've written a six thousand word yeah but i haven't done so. anything yeah but <laughs> it's been it's school a, holidays also exactly it's a start <laughs> yeah. um, i have a question before we go to our last one um so i feel like in my life i've encountered these people you're talking about the ones who have become radicalized online mm. maybe they were always things like that but i like yeah there's people i have encountered what is your advice to kind of deal with those people? Like how like how do you deal with them? What's your intention with them? My intention are family members for start. Well, yeah. Not not like my mum and dad, but let's say yeah. a cousin, right? Or someone I work with but not a manager. All right. How do you kind of like those peripheral people? Because obviously someone close to you, that's a whole different relationship. Yeah. But someone I can actually tell them to fuck off. How can I do that in an actual um, productive way? Yeah, it depends on what your goal is. So if you'd want, if you want to like set them on the path of de-radicalization, you kind of got to meet them halfway at times, which can be a challenge. Um, and like you know, try and redirect their anger to like the actual source of it potentially. You know, like if they're worried about. Um, What's a good example? Hang on. Like, uh, there was some conversations at my work of people, one person talking about how there shouldn't be, like, education around trans identities in schools. Yeah. Because what if kids get confused? Like, what do I... It's bullshit, right? But how do you, like, what would you say is a productive way to counteract that point? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'd say something along the lines of just, like, you know, that's the... Do you want the... You know, do do you want the kids coming out of schools to be prepared for the world they're going to be entering or not? Yeah. And do you want evidence-based, you know, proper teaching or do you want them to do it online Mm. and find whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. Mm. You know, it's like that's the, the line of advocacy for these sort of things where it's like, do you want... so? So should the, the what about the trans kids at school? Do they not deserve to get any recognition? Anyway, there's like various talking points, but arguing with these people is like usually completely fucking useless. Mm, yeah. So like, what you want to, yeah, you got to decide what you're going to do. So like, one strategy is to engage in conversation, but just talk past them. Oh, you don't look at right? them. talk to other people. But what well, like you're talking to them? Sorry, I could have explained more instead of doing a hand gesture. <laughs> <laughs> Talk past them, i.e. talk to the people that are surrounding you too. Mm. Yeah. Like, talk to them, but say stuff with the intention that it is being heard by everyone around you, mm. and you're trying to change their minds to think that you're reasonable and that person's unreasonable. Mm. Like, that's mm. the only reason to, like, ever, like, debate or engage with anyone like that who is saying, like, like actually nasty stuff. So, like, don't bother with one-on-one conversations is what you're saying? Unless, well... Depends on your intention. If you're trying to change their mind, you know, then that's a different story. Then you are having one-on-one conversations and you're meeting them halfway and you're trying to move them in a direction to, um, yeah, have like a more compassionate viewpoint or whatever or, or see the other side of it, you know. Or you can, you know try to shut them down or um, try and establish that as an an off-limits conversation in, you know, your workplace or at least your presence, you know. 
just to insulate yourself from that. Yeah. Depends on, yeah, it, it depends on what your goal is, basically. Mm. Yeah, because there's been times when I've heard, like, this sort of crazy right-wing rhetoric and I just go, like, think to myself, like, oh, don't argue with them, Rachel. It's, you're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. But then I'm always like, oh, I wish I did. And then sometimes I do call people out on stuff and I'm like, oh, I feel good for doing that. Again, yeah. I've usually had a few drinks at a time. But, <laughs> yeah, so I want to find, like, something for me that's, like... How sweet. can I do this in a productive way without having the confidence of being drunk? Yeah, sweet dunks mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's my own ego there. Yeah. But but yeah, um, if you do it in a if you do it with the intentionality and like in a way to you know make sure to like you know keep the people around you informed, then that mm. would be a good way to go about that. Or just be like, you know, that's not like a appropriate conversation for the workplace if you just don't want to fucking deal with it, mm. which is uh, the preferred method for my workplace, a school. Um, I guess, what advice would you have for anyone going through a sexuality-related quarter-life crisis? Uh, yeah. So, uh, in light of what I was just banging on about, uh, seeking out community, I think, would be, like, my number one suggestion, whether that be, like, in person or online. And to like learn about other people's experiences and stories, um, and see what you relate to, and like uh, what resonates you with you. Yeah, learn about other people's experiences and their stories. See what you relate to, what resonates with you, and like what sort of yeah, what sort of experiences that you can find that you share with people. Um, yeah, and to like not be afraid to. Stay safe, of course, that, you know, whether, like, coming into your sexuality or changing labels or, you know, being out in a new environment, that, like, yeah, things things will change, of course, um, but uh, living as your most authentic self is uh, an incredible experience and... Uh, truly, like, joyous, to be honest. Um, and it would be such a shame for you to miss out on it. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess to wrap up this interview segment, um, we asked you to bring some of your favourite queer films, podcasts, books, or any other media to recommend. Sick. Here we go. <laughs> what you got for us? <laughs> um, so, favourite queer films, a uh, couple of classics that people probably have seen, Call Me By Your Name and Moonlight. Yeah. But I did want to highlight The Watermelon Woman, which is from 1996. I can't remember the director's name right now, uh, but it's a um, about a, a black le- lesbian woman living in, I think, Atlanta and, like, exploring, yeah, the history of... Uh, film. She works at a video store. So the history of film and blackness and lesbianism and all of that in like a fun sort of mockumentary comedy film is really, really good. What's it on? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'll look it up. That sounds I, good though. I got it from the uni library. Oh, fair. It sounds I, good. I watched it for a course. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, TV, Heartbreak High. Was yep. really good Love the it. other year. So good. Had a lot of good queer rap, good autism rap, uh, and had the rare asexual representation. Yeah. We never get any. So good. Yeah. Wasn't it the Ashe? Yeah, it's the Ashe kid. Yeah. Fucking awesome. It was I feel sick. like it's so good. Yeah. 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 Great show. Um, and now we're veering into just me stuff. Um, oh, as in your rest <clears throat> of the week? No, no, no. Oh. As in stuff that only I will think is cool. Oh, okay. Comics. <laughs> Go for it. Young Avengers by Kieran Gillen was completely fucking seminal to me as like a queer teenager and is like a very, at this point, like a very, like a fun throwback to like our specific generation's sort of like late teen experience uh, in an Avengers book by one of my favourite modern comics authors. It's really good. And yeah, like. Very personally important to me. Yeah. And the current X-Men comics run uh, has been, like, really explicitly queer, queer right? <clears throat> has been really explicitly queer lately, uh, which has been uh, very cool. Um, 
they've like we got some ace rap recently uh with gwenpool um but yeah they're doing like crazy stuff that you'd never think they'd get away with like they're implying uh like the gene gray cyclops wolverine like thruple is like is like implied in the in the book like quite <laughs> is that like a popular ship no, but it's... Oh, that's so oh. rogue, then. But it's fucking sick. <laughs> like, so, I, have you guys seen, like, the Singer movies from, like, the early 2000s? The what movies? Oh, Brian Singer. No. He's the director for them. Oh, Sex X-Men? Fest. Yeah. No, I haven't, like, really watched X-Men. <laughs> All right, fair enough. This bit's not going to make any sense, then. Someone might Anyway. In- I could talk about Avengers ships in depth, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's in, it's incredibly fucking rogue. It's sick. It's I so good. That. Like, actually good. Yeah, because X-Men's always been... That's why I like it. It's always been incredibly, incredibly queer. So having that being, yeah, a lot more explicit on page is nice. Mm. And then I got two podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it's a fair amount of stuff. That's all right. First one is also X-Men related. Uh, it's called Cerebro. It's a deep dive into a different X-Men character every week. Uh, they usually go for like four hours. Oh my god! Awesome. Imagine if we went for four. The one hundredth episode went for eighteen hours. What? <laughs> Did what? that break a record? Did they have for a like break? longest podcast? They had to. Yeah, of course. There was. It was like they recorded it in like two hour segments, and then um, that's about rele- the one character released it in five hour. It was five ish, five ish hour. What? Um, episodes. Do they get the a lot of listens? Oh fuck yeah! It's it's an enormous show. Oh my god! We're just not the target audience. Like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's, that's so long though. That's inc- it's incredibly queer, um, and like, like the host. Really insightful. Yeah, usually queer? the hosts are gay. Yeah. Um, the like main host, and then there's a rotating secondary host yeah. who's like really into the specific character they're talking about. So you get like oh. a whole range of different experiences and stuff. Oh. It's really really good. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, it's so my fucking niche. I love it. <laughs> and then for more uh, regular listening, there's Kill James Bond, uh, which is a deconstruction of masculinity through uh, mostly action films by three trans people, yeah. including uh, Abigail Thorne, who does Philosophy Tube on YouTube, if you've seen that. Anyway, no. very good. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good... Uh, like podcast about <clears throat> media and like masculinity and social issues and stuff, and again, very queer. It's very good. That sounds cool. So, mm. like each episode, they do a different movie. Yeah. So they went through all the James Bond movies. Yeah. And now they're doing other movies. Nice. I think the most recent episode was Rambo Three, where he goes to <laughs> Afghanistan. No, I would never <laughs> ever watch Rambo. <laughs> I would also never watch James Bond. Oh, it's incredibly fucking bad. Yeah, like, that's oh, the, that's the I point can't of the show. I stand action movies, though. I couldn't even watch it. It was like a joke. I don't know. Well, Fair enough. No, no, that's kind of the point. Is yeah. Is that it's like, Maybe I would like why it. is it like that? So to distract everyone from any cord life crisis you may be having this week, we will give you our recommendations, as we always do. And let's start with you, Faulkner. Oh, shit. <laughs> I just gave a bunch of recommendations. So I'm going to go first. I feel like <sighs> I'm just saying too much stuff. Okay, I was Fine. just trying to go with the structure. <laughs> Fine. Ruby, what do you have to recommend? Okay, I have a book, a podcast, and a mini series. I think you call it, this week. Um, my book I'm recommending is Pachinko. Uh, incredibly good book. Uh, it was on my bookshelf. It was my, my housemate had it. I have heard good things about it, so I, I read it, and it was really good. It was about, like, um, it's about, like, five generations of this one family over this whole book. So it's about, like, 500-something pages. So it's, like... Pretty long, but so worth it. Um, and it's like about like the Korean War um, and like their Korean family and how it impacted them over five generations. Um, so well written, um, and just like the like following the characters through from like their birth to like when they grow up and then they have kids. And anyway, really great book. Wow, would recommend. Um, and then our podcast recommendation: um, Two Broke Chicks. Um, it's got two chicks on <laughs> um and then so like the i think the thing is like they mo- like talk about finance like a lot but they're not like accountants or financial people at all but then they also just generally like it's i guess similar to this it's kind of just talking about like 
things that like predominantly like women in their 20s like would be struggling with and giving advice and stuff. They'll do like a top tips for traveling solo and like things like that. But I just really like their vibe. They've got good banter. Um, so yeah, good podcast. I really rate it. Um, and then last night I watched a, it was a six part, I guess a documentary called like a mini series um, about the Matildas. So it's called on Disney plus called the Matildas, the world at our feet. So it's about the Matildas women's soccer um, team, obviously. Um, and it's just, like, about, like, follows them through their journey of, like, the last, like, five years and, like, leading up to the World Cup, which is um, about to start in Australia. Um, and it made me so excited because I'm going to, like, two of the games and I'm so excited. Now, cause, like right. Yeah, so, like, watching this docker, it was great. It's, like, um, it really explored a lot, like, about, um, like, one of their star players uh, had a baby on her own, like, post-COVID, and her talking about how, like, I don't want to have to give up my sports career just to be a mother. I don't think. And then so she's really advocating to like push women to be like, you can be a mother and be a world famous sports person. Oh, it's mad. So there's some very cute babies in there. Um, and then also just like some awesome soccer players. I am, uh, I'm a massive Sam Kerr fan now after watching that. I feel like there's a lot of Sam Kerr fans out there, but oh my God, I love her. Um, so yeah, just great doco, honestly. Just like really awesome to see um, women in sport, like crushing it. So Yeah. Badass. It's my recommendations. What do you got for us, Rach? I'm going to recommend a TV show and a book. I've only just started reading this book, but it's really good. It's called Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. Rachel, I have to cut in here. I have recommended this book on the podcast. Have before. you? Oh, <laughs> I did this to sick. I did this to Rachel recently. I recommended this book, and you. Were like, I have no I memory. No, I had no memory of you recommending the other ones. This is very funny. Um, but I, I back oh. up the rec. You know, it's okay. a good book. I won't describe <laughs> it then. Okay, no, do it. It's fine. I just think <laughs> should I? I'll pull out my other ones then. My I think okay. do the movie because I also back this movie recommendation. Really? Yes. I don't know. Okay, because sometimes I see movies and I'm like, I loved this movie, and everyone else is like. That is the worst movie that's ever existed. Are you going to say The Flash? No. No. Just what's recently been described <laughs> as the worst movie to ever exist. Lol. No. Oh, my God. I watched this movie on Netflix one time. That's Purple Hearts movie about, like... Oh, that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> my, my parents watched it and they were like, this is literally military propaganda, Rachel. Oh, yeah, fucking <laughs> <rules>. <laughs> But I was, like, tearing <laughs> watching it. Anyway, so I saw No Hard Feelings last week. Oh, sick. Um, and it was actually quite... It was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, like, a stupid comedy movie, which I don't usually find them funny. I mean, it wasn't that funny, but, like, it was just wholesome. And you think it's a romance movie, but it's actually a friendship movie. Yeah. So, I really liked it. Yeah. Also, the full frontal nudity scene where Jennifer Lawrence is just, like, making, like, fighting these dudes in the full nude. I was like, that's so iconic. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to bring it up. You weren't? <laughs> Like, yeah. this thing was, like, so good to be like, oh, it's, like, a full frontal nudity scene for a woman that is, like, the least sexualized thing ever. Yeah, she looks, like, feral. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I love yeah, it. yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy them more than I thought I would. And then I will recommend a TV show I started watching last night, Deadlock on Amazon. I feel like... Ooh, I've heard... Oh, heard of it. by the Kates. The Kates. Yes. I've been meaning to watch yes. it. I just don't have Prime. Yeah, maybe get Prime for it. It's like six episodes. I so was considering like a month. it. Yeah, I didn't realize it was was it Kate McClendon, Kate McCarthy. Yeah, I didn't realize it was them because I was like there, what cooking with Kate that show. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's like a murder mystery show, but funny. Because yeah, no, that's my recommendation. It's very good. Yeah. All right. Finally, Faulkner, more recommendations. More recommendations. Yeah, long list. Because we kind of didn't week. think right. about the questions, but that's okay. Yeah, new album out by a band that I recently discovered called Void, but it's got two eyes called Watering Dead Flowers. It's just sort of like a, I don't know, like a kind of grungy punk sort of joint, like all-girl band. Yeah. And then, yeah, just about like stuff, feminine <laughs> rage nice. and like grief and stuff. But it's got like, it's super vibey. Yeah. It's very good. Cool. Right though. Well, this has been a long one, but this has, but I'm sorry. it's been good. Great doing the interviews. Yes, thanks for coming on the episode. It'll this be about great. twenty seconds long after you chop out all the shit that I've told you to cut out. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. But it was very exciting to do our first studio record with you in with with a guest. It was very fun. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have to crowd around one microphone around one of our <laughs> kitchen tables. Yeah, no, it was really fun. Um, yeah, and thank you for being so vulnerable. Yeah, it's as been well. a yeah. it's been a pleasure being here. I've uh, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to yeah talk about yeah, I don't know, something that's very like near and dear to my heart. 
and like yeah share it really good chat and like some very insightful stuff I, I loved it thank you very much hopefully you can yeah fix my <laughs> busted intonation in the edit <laughs> nah don't worry I know this be, I think people will enjoy this yeah very good topic <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Back in your ears in a couple of weeks. Bye. Have a good couple of weeks. Bye. Goodbye. It's very like ASMR, I feel. Goodbye. Quarter life crisis. Oh, that's fun, actually. Oh, yeah. I've got nails You're on. I can do it. Quarter life crisis. That was very ASMR. Okay, I'm including this. Are right, you guys finished in there? <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> okay, I'm stopping this now. All right, let's go. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of which we have recorded this podcast on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We want to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this always was and it always will be Aboriginal land. Sovereignty was never ceded.